1: Stop lying about our president, mister. You're nothing but a propagandist. You're no good. You're no good. You're just another left-side hypocrite. You are no good. Leave Mr. Trump alone. Stop lying.
2: Kabish?
3: 430 by Dadawood Dollamore. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, as I always am, Jesse Dollamore, And I'm joined by the Yanni Lady herself, Brittany Page.
2: I might I might pass out oh. and uh just go to sleep, and then you're gonna have to do a rush limbaugh thing.
3: Uh nope. I will turn it off and <laughs> go to bed.
2: Well, I don't mean actually do a Rush Limbaugh thing. I just mean you're going to be on your own. That's what I mean. Because I'm very tired.
3: I am very tired, too.
2: It is very late. You can't
3: out-tired me. Um. I know you're trying to turn this into a competition. Are me. you
2: the one who's yawning incessantly, or is that me? It sounds like me. Oh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Look at yeah. this acting over here. <laughs> Terrible acting by we the way. We need to get
3: our shit together, yeah, Brittany Page. We
2: do, we do. So the
3: Schedule wise, it's tough sometimes.
2: Yeah. This this has been a little bit of a, a hectic week. So we appreciate you guys <laughs> hanging in there with us. I do wanna say we've gotten several messages from people randomly.
3: Yeah. Independently and, of one another.
2: Yeah, it's like they can tell I'm depressed. and You're
3: depressed. They are... I think they sense it in me that I'm a little bummed out.
2: Okay, yeah. I'm so tired, so depressed. And um, <laughs> they're writing us, like encouraging us and telling us that they really appreciate what we do and we don't need to read the message on air, but they just wanted to send a little note saying that... You know, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I,
3: I printed one of those emails. Yeah, but, is it, Are you not going to read it? Well,
2: no, they say you don't need to read this on air. All right. So, I... I to me, that
3: doesn't mean don't read it. It just means, ah, oh, you don't have to. Well, like, to letting me, us off the hook. To
2: me, that means this is just for you. Oh All right. So we have we have different ideas about what that means, and I think that you're the one
3: to read. So you get a pick. I think my idea
2: is the better idea <laughs> in that situation.
3: It's not a competition, Brittany. Right. Not everything's a competition,
2: but we appreciate it. We don't know what is causing it or what we're doing that is causing you guys to worry about us. <laughs>
3: well, it is it is sweet, I, and it, it, I genuinely appreciate the sentiment that. That there's there's folks out there who are concerned about our well being, uh, wanting to encourage us to to let us know that what we do is important to them, and uh, that's awesome. But it is a little like, oh shit, have I been have I been showing my cards? Are, are people really, or or am I just outwardly saying, yeah, boom?
2: Yeah, well, I I do appreciate it. Let me tell you, it is needed because sometimes it is rough out here.
3: T- tough out there for a pimp or whatever the saying is i don't know
2: what you're saying but um yeah it can be it can be difficult so we do really appreciate it it's very kind
3: i have had in my lifetime a lot of trouble with sleep mm. uh, um especially after the marine corps mm. i don't know if everybody knows
2: jesse was a marine everybody uh, that's
3: a that's a callback to something a long time ago but anyway mm. Um and I've had two of the worst nights of, of sleep that I've had in a long long fucking time.
2: Insomnia guy.
3: The last couple nights. Yeah. So, I mean like two maybe 2 hours sleep one night and then last night not much more than that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh I'm uh not as spry as I once was. I can't <laughs> I can't uh I can't maintain that anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well let me tell you how much sleep I got. Ah. <laughs> Full eight hours, still Full not enough. <laughs> eight hours.
3: So so let's do this. Let's 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 uh let's move right in to the to the vo- to the emails. We don't have any voicemails we're gonna play, but we got some emails we want to get to. So this so, is and, and one more time. Cause I want my thanks to be the most the most vociferous. I don't know what's vociferous. Happening. Um thank you. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, for your for your kind messages of of warmth and encouragement, my my thanks are far greater mm. and more deeply felt than Britney's.
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you guys so much. Seriously, it's awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is from Andrew in Maine. I enjoyed listening to episode 426 very much. Just got this in the mail today. It's still a magazine, and it's a picture of the Forbes with Kylie oh, with your girl. Kylie Jenner on the cover. I laugh at the self-made part, too. At a certain point, enough money has its own inertia and can grow and gain you access to opportunities that few can get. To say self-made is pretty disingenuous, as much of this, and this is certainly the case, is built off the back of others' efforts that really teed this up. Yes, she had to swing, but it's hard to miss with such a setup. I heard this a while ago and usually think of it when I think about the stable genius we have in the White House. <laughs> this is someone who was born on third base and thought they hit a triple. I love the show and enjoy the viewpoints both of you bring. And F those fans that left because you don't agree with everything Sam Harris does. Andrew in Maine.
4: I'm a very stable
3: genius. Thank you, Andrew.
2: Yeah, I thought we would... um. Get more (laughs) affirmation after we talked about the uh, Kylie Jenner situation. But it could just be that no one cares about Kylie Jenner, which is totally fine.
3: I I would be very happy if our audience was not, you know, sucked into that world.
2: I think there was a time where I actually was talking to my godfather about Kim Kardashian. And he asked me who. Wow. I think that was like five years ago. What
3: a wonderful world to live in. And listen, I... I long ago stopped, like, shitting on the Kardashians publicly.
2: Oh, what? I think we need to go back and no, like Twitter listen and to stuff. episode number 426 and or, see what, what do. Was... Yeah,
3: but I don't, I don't go crazy on Twitter, like, just attacking them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because... just
2: on your show. that.
3: Yeah, maybe to... you're right. <laughs> All right, next email. <laughs>
2: oh, you don't want to talk about what you were saying. Should I talk about what you were saying? You were saying that you don't tweet them and insult them. Right? Well, I
3: used to be thought I was funny guy and more <laughs> of just a dick on Twitter, mm-hmm. especially to celebrities.
2: Yeah, that's a that's weird behavior. That's Yeah, weird behavior.
3: yeah, for sure. And I stopped doing that because...
2: They're people. Look, I
3: don't appreciate what they do.
2: Mm-hmm. But, but why uh, do you need to say something?
3: Yeah, like, I don't need to tear them down and... What if they read it and they feel bad? Uh, that's what the fuck is that about? Yeah,
2: that's a bummer. You don't want to do that to people, even Kardashians or things- not.
3: It doesn't matter, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. I
3: mean, Donald Trump's a different story. He's you know <laughs> putting the, the the planet in an existential crisis. He needs to fucking feel bad about himself. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if Hitler felt a little bad about himself,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, you know, the shit would have gone a little differently.
2: Yeah. Okay. So hey- I take it
3: upon myself as a the future. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm making sure that World War 3 doesn't happen. Uh, Personally, I take it upon myself.
2: Yeah, that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah,
3: you know, I'm, I'm a responsible guy, Brittany.
2: Doing the Lord's work. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, this is Nemo from Maine. Another oh, another Maine. Maine. Okay.
3: I, you don't have to say everything I say, Brittany. Here we go. Is this entire episode going to be a competition?
2: This is Nemo from Maine, <laughs> Leah's husband. I would like to share my testimony with you. I'll focus more on Trump's politics rather than Jesus, even though it was a big factor, simply because my wife and the other emailer already touched on the subject to give you some variety. Essentially, I was a major Trump supporter up until a couple months ago. The first deciding factor that got me thinking, what the hell, was his praise for Kim Jong-un. It sort of disgusted me that when asked about a leader who starves, tortures, and kills his people, his response was, well, he runs it tough. That got to me, and I started to see him in a different light, purely on the basis of human rights. The second that really got to me was the separation of children from their parents. I understand there is some debate about this beginning under Obama, but there is clearly a large difference between the two and how this was enacted. In addition, under the current administration, they went as far as to even lose track of the separated children, with parents being told that they may never see their children again. I can't imagine going to another country to seek asylum, which is legal, and having my children taken from me instead. That should not have been tolerated at all. As someone whose parents immigrated to England from Iran, I can empathize with this situation. With people escaping the Islamic regime that took over, it's hard to imagine having their children taken from them on top of this in a country they thought they could trust. It's inhumane, and that was the final deal-breaker between me and Trump, in addition to the same things my wife previously mentioned. Thanks, Nemo.
3: So this is, this is heartening to hear.
2: We're going to have two listener reactions to this, by the way.
3: And I say that because it makes me, it kind of reinforces what I've always believed, that there's going to be a lot of people leaving the Trump camp. Mm-hmm. But I just can't, for the life of me, bring myself to believe that people who weren't previously Trump people are going to be jumping on the Trump train. You don't not vote for the guy because of the way he acted during the campaign and then see how he acts as president and say, you know what, I'm going to second guess this. I'm going to give this some other more thought.
2: You're kind of referring to like the Russian bot walk away campaign. Is that what you're
3: well, n- well, not really, but yeah, that's another—that's a thing that's happening. But I'm saying, like, like Nemo was a Trump supporter, and it was now not because of everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. So he's he is walking away from Trump, right? But I don't see anybody who wasn't already Trump going for Trump.
2: Yeah, after
3: they witness everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it, so it's really just it, it's uh, bolstering my thought that. Trump's going to have a real, real tough uh, road to hoe if he, um, if he makes it to 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay, so we have an email from Chris. Why should we give people like Leah a pass? Not her personally, but converted Trump voters. Donald's entire platform during his campaign was rooted in sexism, racism, xenophobia, and white nationalism. He never hid how deplorable he was, yet these people still voted for him. To me, if you vote for someone who touts racist philosophies, you are a racist. Staying silent on racism equals racism. Now we are all having to deal with his destruction of our country or environment because of your lack of critical thinking or your racism. Don't take this as a nut job, angrily lashing out. I struggle with this daily living in an Atlanta suburb. It has a profound negative impact on my life. Plan on sending a little bit more and a full email to get your input on how you deal with this and how Miss Brittany deals with deals with your anger. Uh, P.S. Andrew is the best part. Just kidding. I slash we need both of you to navigate this shit show. Thank you. And I believe they're referring to a previous emailer. Mm. hmm
3: Well, let me say this. Um, I wouldn't be so quick to, to be so judgmental about people who come back. Because people have a litany of reasons that they voted for Donald Trump. That are separate and apart from racism. I will say that Leah... Um, Racism wasn't a deal breaker for her. I don't think she's racist. She's given me no indication of that. And I think it it is painting with a very, very dangerously broad brush to say everyone who voted for Trump is racist because they were either silent or it wasn't a deal breaker as far as their vote was concerned. I
2: would just be careful. Well, I just I don't know how are we supposed to move forward then. So what what are we supposed to do? So everyone who voted for Donald Trump, we have to write off. We can't bring back into the fold. So, yeah. So where are we with with? Yeah, that, that,
3: that leads it leads us in a in a it leaves us in a uh, a precarious position. Certainly.
2: Yeah, I just I think that's that's strange. Um, I get the impulse for sure, but I I don't well, it I don't feeds think it's something
3: emotional in us
2: yeah i don't think it is logical
3: yeah you know i know i don't think it's good it does feel good i think um listen it's in me to write people the fuck off people that, that that i that i have bad relationships with it's easy for me but it's not smart and it's not healthy and for us to write off people who voted for trump who are coming back to the other side who realize the folly of their ways, I don't think is good.
2: Well, it's also, when is the cutoff? So, like, at what age does someone have to believe something stupid or take a stupid position to where then the rest of their life they cannot be forgiven and cannot be brought back into the fold? Yeah. Uh, Where's the cutoff? Is it 18 when they are an adult? You know, I I, we have all believed dumb things and I'm not saying we've all believed dumb things as bad as being racist, but we've all been wrong about things. And if we were held to the standard of what we were when we were wrong about so many things and we were never allowed to change, what would be the motivating factor there for us to change?
5: If those
3: rules were applied to me, if the audience applied those rules to me, we wouldn't have an audience because I used to be a George W Bush Republican. I used to be religious right Christian. I'm not anymore. I I've you know I value evidence, I value um things that I didn't value before. So I would just be careful, not so quick. While I understand the impulse, I would I would uh I would encourage you to be a little bit more forgiving and maybe a little bit more thoughtful about it
2: so this is something obviously the audience will have a strong opinion about i believe so go ahead and send in your voicemails and emails I doubt it at dollamore.com 657-464-7609 is the phone number for you to leave a less than three minute voicemail okay here's another perspective um from an anonymous person okay First, I love hearing from Christians that are all about working on their inner self rather than spewing vitriol at others for their supposed sins. I would recommend the works of Pastor Nadia Bowles Weber. She is a queer woman who has an amazing heart and really seems to understand the teachings of Jesus were about love, not about hate and control. She has a short video about forgiveness that moved me to tears. Just Google lesbian pastor says to forgive assholes. (laughs) And Watch and Be Moved. Her book, Pastrix, is really amazing. I'll send you a copy if you want. Jesse, have you considered meditating to work on your moods? I don't mean... What is
3: going on with the mood talk? I
2: don't mean woo-woo meditation. There's plenty of scientific evidence that meditation has a positive effect on the brain and mood. And there are many forms of secular meditation that in no way rely on belief in the supernatural. I know people like David Lynch and Patton Oswalt both practice transcendental meditation. Got to go with what Patton Oswalt's doing, right, Jesse? Just like Jesse, I'm a veteran and I have been in many group therapy sessions at the VA that involved guided meditation that have proved to be very helpful for me and other participants. You might find it helpful as well. So now, a 23andMe story. Names have been changed, and also it's anonymous. So my friends Eve and Jane are sisters. Ever since they were kids, they have always been salt and pepper. Eve has dark brown, almost black hair, and Jane is blonde. Both have pretty green eyes and favor their mother in looks. About six months ago, Jane did the 23 and me and got her basic results, the one without the potential medical information, and showed Eve, but Eve wasn't satisfied. Eve wanted to know more about potential health risks because their mother had died from breast cancer in her late 50s. So Eve orders 23andMe plus the health assessment, and I think you've probably already guessed her results are very different from her sister's. Their mother was Irish and both got 50% Scots-Irish, and I forgot the exact breakdown, but Jane has German and French, what their father's background is, and Eve has Spanish and Portuguese. Hmm looks like their mother had an affair and had eve they haven't told their father and just kind of want to pretend not to know so that's fun
3: <laughs> is is that how the email ends that is how the email ends. so that's fun mm-hmm. um yeah you know it's um it is a i've watched a few episodes of that uh finding your roots with henry gates the harvard professor it's a good show and uh there are cases like that, that, that people find out through the DNA that, that they're not related to who they think they are.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Fred Armisen thought yeah. he was Japanese. His whole life
3: thought he was Japanese.
2: And then he found out that he was actually Korean.
3: Yeah. LL Cool J, all kinds of stuff was going on with his family not knowing who they were and who they were, what the deal was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a couple updates on the 23andMe angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, last episode, I reached out to the audience and said, hey, listen, everybody's like a genealogist or knows what? Give me some tips or whatever. Well, I don't want to give their name because they didn't give me permission or anything. But a professional genealogist reached out within hours of us posting that episode. Mm-hmm. And they are going through doing some research for me. And I've already found out a whole bunch of crazy shit about my family. Yeah. Not related to the possibility of being the ancestor of a slave slash slave raper
2: mm-hmm.
3: um but like all kinds of crazy mormon stuff yeah like one of my great 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 grandmas mm-hmm. was one of the wives the many wives of joseph smith the mormon founder joseph it's, smith it's amazing nutty it's
2: amazing one of
3: my great 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 granddads was the first martyr of the mormon church
2: you have it within you i guess so yeah
3: and... You gotta get
2: back to your roots.
3: And then this just happened tonight before we drove into the studio.
2: I don't even know this. What is it?
3: There's a messaging service on 23andMe. hmm Where someone can reach out to you if they're on your DNA list. Like, if they, if they match with you.
2: If they're a DNA relative.
3: That's right, right. So, I got this. It, it says, a, a relative sent you a message on 23andMe. It says, from a relative... The message says, Jesse was listening to your podcast and hadn't logged in to 23andMe in a while and found there was a recent match, never sure if it's a false positive, but wanted to say hi, Rick. Wow. So someone was listening to the show.
2: And they're your relative. And and realized, <laughs> oh, I
3: haven't logged on to my 23andMe in a while after listening to us talk about it. Uh-huh. They logged on. And we're goddamn related. It's amazing. Why don't you seem more surprised and and in freaked out by this?
2: Um, I because the, don't you have like a thousand DNA relatives?
3: Yeah, like nine hundred and something. But what are the chances that one of my relatives just happened to have been a listener to the show and we're like fifth cousins or whatever? It said that like a th- our third great we share the same third great grandparent. Yeah, what the I've, fuck are the chances of that?
2: It's really adding up for me. So I <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I am I am saddened
3: <laughs> by your lack of enthusiasm. So about
2: how, what was the percentage of how likely your DNA relatives were to listen to podcasts? Did, was there like an exceptionally high rate? You're just of... being a dick right now. <laughs> what about hosting their own podcast? Were That's they prick signi-
3: shit, <laughs> huh? That's prick shit.
2: Were your DNA relatives significantly more likely than other people on 23andMe to I got all host a podcast? Of sound effects
3: here (laughs) to drown out your bullshit talking
2: no it is really exciting I'm just I'm very tired honestly that's what's that's what's clouding my judgment right now okay we have another email here from Sean thank you Jesse for saying treason I felt alone on that Um, Trump is guilty. Are you so
3: tired? You're mocking the listeners' emails.
2: No, I mean it. It just clearly doesn't make sense. If Sean is on the internet, unless he follows only Alex Jones right. and Alex Jones lackeys, um, he cannot be feeling alone in that. But anyway, right. Sean, Trump is guilty of nothing less than treason. I am curious as to whether the execution will be televised live.
3: Wow. Yikes.
2: I don't even like reading that. Yeah,
3: Rick Wiles would, would love hearing you say that. It'll give him more more air and wind in his sails. Not air in his sails. Yeah. Wind so, in his sails. I, like
2: I just said, I don't even like reading that. Um, so, Sean, yikes. Yeah. comment down. You brother, shouldn't okay? be
3: emailing shit like that. Um,
2: am I? <laughs> that is definitely correct. Thank you for pointing that out.
3: If Brittany has a policy I'm about- surprised
2: that your computer didn't just light on fire as soon as you typed it and sent it. <laughs> f b I didn't just kick it right in right, right. Am I jumping the gun here? He asks, <laughs>
3: no, but I think you're endangering yourself legally, and we're you know not helping you out by we read it, so we I guess we're part and parcel.
2: well, you printed it for me.
3: <laughs> it's my fault, huh? yeah, all right, I'll take that,
2: okay, so uh, yes, Sean, you're jumping the gun, please relax. <laughs> Um, I can relax. and um, uh, just like have those so have those conversations with your friends with your phone in a different room. Okay, um, this is also from an anonymous person. So, um, if it wasn't clear and you haven't heard it before, you can say you don't want your name read, and we will um follow through on that.
3: Well, we honor that. We listen. We have enough respect for our audience and their privacy. Um, that if if you like this particular message was sent without. A name at all it just says anonymous but if you call like one of those emails we read we know who that is mm-hmm. and they've asked us to f- have them remain anonymous so you can trust us with your information we're going to be good with it even if you call and talk about you know executing the president so
2: but don't but don't don't you probably
3: shouldn't do that yeah,
2: don't do it at we all. you gotcha. it's not that you probably it's just don't do it <laughs> Um that was more of an instructive thing that uh, we did okay right. Um hi this is slightly off <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Hi, this is slightly off topic from what's happening in current events, and I hope this doesn't derail the conversation too much. I apologize. I'm in a bit of a hard slash dark place right now. To give some background for context, context, during my last year of college, about four years ago, I finally decided to cut off from the Christian community that influenced most, if not all of my life. From as early as I could remember, I always felt like I was forcing myself to believe for the sake of fitting in. It sucked might have been because the Christian community was all I knew combined with the fear of having to go to a religious disciplinary school. So I faked it until I could trick myself into thinking that this was what I wanted. Again, it sucked. I contemplated taking my life on several occasions, got close once from guilt of not really believing. There are no lukewarm Christians. The response I got from within the community was always, let Jesus carry that for you. When I decided to leave, a large burden was lifted, but was replaced years later with a smaller but significant one. What would my life have looked like if I had just done this sooner? I can't help but think of all the meaningful relationships I missed out on who didn't see me as a mission, but as me. The experiences I could have had. I'm looking to find a therapist for this, along with unaddressed childhood trauma, but have no clue what to look for. There are so many choices for mental health. I've never done this before. Help?
3: Well, let me, let me say this before you, you kind of give some advice on how to find a therapist. You can't beat yourself up about having not done something earlier. I, a, a few years ago, after we had started the show, and it really took off and it was successful, I talked to my best friend. I'm like, just I I was kicking myself in the ass. And this doesn't, this kind of pales in comparison to your story, but it's related somewhat. And I was kicking myself in the ass. About, Why the fuck didn't I start doing this earlier? This is something I love to do. And it seems that I'm good at it. And my best friend, Brett Number One, was like, well, you know what? You you gotta stop beating yourself up about what you didn't do. Focus on the fact that you did end up doing it. And one of the reasons to not focus on the past and having not done it or sooner is the fact that you don't know what would exactly have happened. Maybe you wouldn't have been ready. Maybe you wouldn't have found your audience and you would have fizzled out and it would have been a bummer. You don't know. There's, there's, there, there is there's there an innumerable amount of things, of, of possibilities that could have happened. And, th- and the same goes for you, Anonymous. You could have gotten out and it could have been a time in your life where you didn't have the correct people around you who would have been a good support system and it could have been a bummer. So don't wring your hands too much. Don't get yourself worked up focusing on things that you have no fucking control over. Because that's one of them. You can't change the past easier said than done maybe um but you're 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 going to cause yourself stress laboring over something that you can neither control or change now as far as the therapist that's uh like many many things that's out of my uh like my, my area of expertise
2: well i have i have several things to say and i'm trying to organize my thoughts um it's probably not good that i'm exhausted but here we go um number one this is a powerful story and um it takes a lot to leave a community that i mean it's so all-encompassing these religious communities where it isn't just church for an hour on sunday it is your community yeah And when you leave that community, there can be a lot of judgment and people can cut you off and there's a lot of negative things that can happen as a result. Well,
3: even that scripture that that they brought up, the lukewarm thing, that's a scripture in Revelations, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: you know, be either hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm because God will puke you out of his mouth. He will spew you out of his mouth. It's that kind of thing that's kind of emotionally abusive.
2: And so I will say that um, Anonymous is not alone in this experience of being in a religious community, not feeling it, not believing it, but feeling the pressure to go along because you need to maintain those familial relationships, you need to maintain your friendships, because of your investment in the community. Um, So it, it takes a lot to leave that, and that's a very strong thing that Anonymous did, um, I don't know where you're located, Anonymous, but uh, there's a prominent therapist in Boise, Idaho, actually, um, who specializes in like deconversion and people who have lost um, their faith. So his name is Brian Peck and you can go to roomtothrive.com and he does like a free consultation that you can uh, talk to him and see what he's all about. But if you're not in Boise, uh, maybe other people that are in Boise will appreciate that information. But if you're not in Boise, there's actually um, a secular therapist registry that you can access. And I'm going down this route because I would assume that for anonymous... Finding a therapist is important to them, but also finding a secular therapist that won't try to take a um, religious angle. Yeah, therapy, for sure. or put additional pressure on them. Um, it sounds like this might be something that Anonymous wants to explore in therapy having removed themselves from the faith community and kind of going forward with, with that decision. Um, so you can go to seculartherapy.org and you can actually register as a client and I think you have to fill out some information and they may contact you and they actually help you find a secular evidence-based mental health professional in your area yeah. where you live. Yeah, So that's one resource. Um, listen, it's really hard to find a therapist. A lot of people think it's difficult. I have even had difficulty <laughs> even in the aftermath of graduating from my program, finding a therapist, it takes work. But here's one thing that I will say. Do not be afraid to during your free phone consultation that you have with your therapist where you are trying to determine if it's a good fit, do not be afraid to say, do you have experience treating trauma, right? Because Anonymous said they also are seeking therapy for unaddressed childhood trauma. Yeah. Ask them, what's their experience treating childhood trauma? Um, What's their training in that? Um, you may not know a lot about what their answer means, but you can go look it up. Right. Um, if they're registered with an organization like Psychology Today, you can go read about them and their bio and see what they've put up as it relates to their training and what they specialize in. Um, It kind of depends in terms of the therapy that you want to get from somebody, but um, CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, is one of the most common evidence-based therapies out there. Um, You might want to look for someone that has uh, humanistic approaches. Um, I like to work with people that take a more humanistic approach, Um, but it's kind of going to depend on what you want. Yeah. Um, so like I said, don't be afraid to ask questions. Psychology Today can be a good resource if you're looking for a therapist, um, because you can read about them. Um, but also look at the, the seculartherapy.org and see if you can find a therapist there. If none of that works, then send another email.
3: Yeah. And if anybody has any, any advice for anonymous here or, or really anybody, anything to say, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, we take those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at com. And hang in there. I feel weird calling them anonymous, but hang in there. Once you do find the community that, that, that you groove with, that you jive with, things are going to be great. And look... Join join the, the Dollamore Listener Facebook group or something. I mean, find some people who have common interests with you and, uh, you know, connect with them.
2: Isn't there uh, like Sunday Assembly, right? is like a non-religious gathering that it's, happens. It's not
3: nationwide. There's only a few of those.
2: Well, that could be something to look into. Sure. Because this is actually something that atheists talk about a lot. And it is something that when people leave religion... The thing that they miss about it is the fellowship. Right. Um, You're going to a place where you're connecting with people that have similar values and interests. Yeah. And you can form relationships there. When you're an adult, it's hard to meet people. You meet them at work. You meet them at school. But if you don't have... A uh, school, yeah. or you don't work with a lot of people that are similar to you. It's hard for adults to make friends, so that is one way for non-religious people to find that kind of community. And even though they're not everywhere yet, Sunday assembly, um, they are growing.
3: Yeah, it, it's important. Community is important. It, listen, there there are a million pearls of wisdom in the Bible, and one of them is Paul said it: forsake not the fellowship of the brethren. Be connected to like-minded people who have similar common interests of yours. Uh, it's, it's good for your mental health. It's good. So fi- find a community. It's going to take some work. Anything worth gaining takes some work. So uh, don't be afraid to put in the work. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit Patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore.
2: So be on the lookout for those Dollamore page 2020 stickers. They should be hitting your mailbox soon. We would love to see pictures of where they end up.
3: We definitely want pictures. Of where they end up.
2: If you have purchased Dollamore merch at Dollamore.info, we would also love to see your selfies with your Dollamore merch because we, we would like
3: definitely to- like to see selfies with your Dollamore. Why does no one take pictures of stickers and shit they buy off the site?
2: I don't. I don't know why you're so angry about it. I am.
3: I'm not angry. I am livid. Mm. <laughs> I want to see the stuff. Yeah. You know, all right, well, Uh fuck me, I guess. We have gotten, Brittany, though, some new uh, ratings and reviews on the iTunes, on the Apple podcast, and that is awesome. If you want to support the show and Patreon's not your thing and DollarMore.info's not your thing, buying stickers, whatever, go rate and review the show. That would help us out a lot, and we would appreciate you for it. All right. So this week has been the week of distractions from Donald Trump. From capitalized, crazy, all caps, threats to Iran. Pulling the same bullshit he did with North Korea and the fire and the fury and the likes of which the world has never seen type of language. The other thing he did... And a lot of this is, is, is due to some stuff that's going on with the investigation. But the other thing he did is he's threatening to remove the security clearances of several folks. John Brennan, Michael Hayden, Jim Comey, Andrew McCabe, um, Susan, Susan Rice. Uh, two of those people don't even have security clearances anymore. But it was a big deal. And yesterday, in fact, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked several questions about it. And this was the, a little bit of the exchange during the White House press briefing.
0: I have no changes to that. Sarah. Sarah. So the president
1: is threatening to punish Brennan and Comey and Clapper for saying things about him that he doesn't like. Uh,
0: is that presidential? The, the president is exploring these mechanisms to resist. Uh, remove security clearance because they've politicized and in some cases actually monetized their public service and their security cl- clearances and making baseless accusations of improper contact with Russia or being influenced by Russia against the president is extremely inappropriate. The president contends that the fact that people with security clearances are making these baseless charges provides inappropriate legitimacy to accusations with zero evidence. So when we have further updates on that front, I'll certainly let free you know. Speech How he was,
1: doesn't like. And he wants to punish them for it. Uh,
0: No, I think you are uh, creating your own story there. The president doesn't like the fact that people are politicizing uh, agencies and um, departments that are specifically meant to not be political and not meant to be monetized off of security clearances. I have a separate question, but to follow up on that. Isn't the president doing exactly what you just said the president doesn't want all these people doing, politicizing matters of national security by going after his political enemies? No, the president's not making baseless accusations of improper contact <laughs> with a foreign government uh, and accusing the president of the United States of treasonous act- activity when you have the highest level of security clearance, when you're the person that holds the nation's deepest, uh, most sacred secrets at your hands and you go out and you make false accusations against the president of the United States. he thinks that is. A a uh, something to be very concerned with, and we're exploring uh, what those options are and what that looks like. So Caitlin, topics, Sarah, so, was actually on the, the message to. Sorry, I got to keep moving the, just because we're second out question out of time. Katelyn, Katelyn, The message to. Sorry, Calvary, does i got about one? two more questions left. Caitlin, go ahead. The I president's said, message to Paul Clearers, does he have one? I, not that I'm aware of. Caitlin, go ahead.
2: When is the president going to make this decision on those security clearances?
0: I said when we have an update, we will it's let you time. know.
2: Well, I want to say, first of all, that I like what's happening in the press briefing room where Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she had a terrible exchange with the second to last woman you heard there. The woman before Caitlin at the end. And I believe her name is Allie. And um, they got into a pretty heated exchange because she wanted to ask additional questions and Sarah Huckabee Sanders did not want to answer them and tried to move on. And when she tried to move on to another man that was asking a question, the man paused and said to the uh, reporter colleague, go ahead ask your question. Um, some solidarity and you heard that in this clip too where sarah huckabee sanders was telling caitlin go ahead caitlin go ahead and she paused didn't say anything and she was looking at her colleague so that her colleague could continue to try to get sarah huckabee sanders to answer the question
3: a lot of times in this space by the way the the white house press briefing room is tiny Mm -hmm. is
2: it looks like the set of the price is right size which is very small a
3: lot of times (laughs) it's it's uh, kind of a Throwing elbows and getting in there and, and finding just that split second to start asking your question. Mm-hmm. So if there is solidarity enough for a reporter to pause and give you the room to ask, to force the uh, uh, the question to be asked, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean I want them to ask their question. Just pausing and not, you know, r- running roughshod over them mm-hmm. is enough. Yeah. So pretty great.
2: Yeah, and I hope I hope we see more of it because I, I think they need to stand strong against Sarah Huckabee Sanders and show that they're not getting to them.
3: Yeah, I don't think she has much juice left in her. I think as tired as we are right now, she's got to be, you know, a thousand times more tired going through this barrage. And she deserves every bullet that she, every arrow, every sling and arrow that gets thrown her way. I don't mean bullet. I mean, sling, every, every, she's a target. Goddamn, it's not getting any better. Metaphorically, metaphorically, metaphorically. Anyway, did you hear all that bullshit right there? Yeah. Unbelievable that she, and again, it's, it's the, the administration of projection. That they would dare level those type of charges, s- sit standing just dozens of feet away from where Donald Trump is sitting
0: because they've politicized and in some cases actually monetized their public service and their security clearances and making baseless accusations.
3: Every moment that Donald Trump remains president, he is politicizing his office and intelligence that he receives, and he is monetizing with his hotels, violating the emoluments clause, with his multiple trips to his different resorts, tomorrow lago them jacking up the price of membership and if you have the certain level of membership they're giving tours of air force 1 to those people if that's not monetizing your office then monetizing your office doesn't fucking exist mhm but it has been the week of obfuscation and diversion and distraction
6: And it's probably related to the next couple things we're going to talk about. A judge this afternoon delaying the trial of former Trump campaign chair Paul Manafort until July 31st. The trial was previously set to begin just two days from now. President Trump's former campaign chair has pleaded not guilty to the government's case against him for multiple charges related to alleged financial crimes for work before he joined the Trump campaign. Let's bring in CNN's Shimon Prokifes. Shimon, why the delay?
5: Uh, Well, Jake, the attorneys for Paul Manafort uh, came into court today asking for this delay because they said they needed more time to review documents and information that they had just recently obtained as it relates to Rick Gates. And as you will recall, Rick Gates is cooperating with the government. He's expected to testify at this trial. And so the judge, listening to this argument from the defense attorneys this morning, came back late this afternoon and decided that it was appropriate to delay the trial to July 31st. Uh, We will be back here tomorrow uh, because some of the jurors are expected to come in where they will answer some questions uh, on a questionnaire. And also we may get more rulings from the judge today as attorneys are back in court at this hour uh, arguing some other motions and they're trying to get uh, the judge to grant them permission to do certain things.
6: And Shimon, uh, earlier the judge uh, made big news granting five of Mueller's witnesses immunity But the judge is also making them reveal, making the prosecutors reveal who they are.
5: That's right. And that's something the special counsel's office did not want. They did not want the judge to reveal who they are. These are these five witnesses uh, that we have previously reported on, these mystery witnesses who were granted immunity uh, this morning by the judge. The judge signed off on that, allowing them to come in and testify now against Paul Manafort, and it appears uh, once their names was re- were re- released this afternoon, uh, we learned uh, that they are associated with his financial dealings. Uh, and they are James Brennan, Donna Duggan, uh, Connor O'Brien, Cindy Laporta, and Dennis Racco. Uh, those are the witnesses that are going to be testifying uh, against Paul Manafort.
3: That is seismic. Not the, the trial delay. <laughs> But the five witnesses being granted immunity, which means all the criminal shit that they're privy to and may have, may have participated in, they're not going to get prosecuted for. Mm-hmm. They get to tell the full truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, with no fear of legal jeopardy. Mm-hmm. That's a big fucking deal. And that's a bummer for Manafort. Now, hopefully, and this is what we don't know that it has some connection to Donald Trump and not just Manafort's time in his dealings with the Ukraine and Turkey and the other nations that he's dealt with.
2: Well, I mean, given Donald Trump's meltdown on Twitter, um, coinciding with yeah. the Paul Manafort trial beginning, you you would think that there's nothing to see here. Right. Nothing that he's worried about. Well,
3: he might not be worried about the actual information they're going to be getting about this particular thing. But what he might be worried about is that they put enough pressure on Manafort that he's going to fucking flip. Mm. And then it's going to be a bummer for Donald Trump. So it might, this might not be of 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 concern for Trump directly, these five witnesses and what they're talking about, what they're dealing about, what they're going to testify about. But it could certainly be a problem if this is enough um, to... to put Paul Manafort in a position where he is going to die in prison mm-hmm. where he'll like, okay, okay. Uh, uh, uncle, I'm going to, I'm going to flip on Donald Trump.
2: Yeah. Cause he's definitely not at that point yet.
3: No, it doesn't seem to be, He's mm-hmm. you know, living the, 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 the big life in the VIP cell with his fax machine and phone call and internet and everything. Mm-hmm. So the other big bombshell tonight, this just happened tonight is CNN obtained a secret Trump, Cohen audio that was released to CNN by Lanny Davis, who is now um, Michael Cohen's lawyer, who used to be. Uh, Bill Clinton's lawyer.
2: Yeah, it was funny to watch the reactions on Twitter for people who weren't just simply reading other tweets of people that were tweeting, um, asking how did CNN get this <laughs> and trying to connect it to this larger conspiracy theory yeah. about something. Um, and yeah, it's just it's from Lanny Davis. So yeah, yeah,
3: Lanny Davis, who uh, we have a, a signed magazine cover in our living room. Look at you jesse thanks for all the help giving access or whatever he signed on it
2: oh how nice yeah we're
3: we're old chums Mm. me and lanny davis
2: yeah (laughs) sounds like it
3: not old chums but we do have that in the house anyway uh why
2: didn't he give you the tape
3: i know what a dick i should call him lan what's up brother (laughs) lan so uh here's the tape i'm gonna play it in its entirety so you hear him walking in, it sounds to me, and when you look at the audio, I look at a lot of audio, since this is what we do for a living, and when you look at it, you can tell, like when sometimes when callers call, and they call in with a voice memo, they send a voice memo, you can hear him futzing with the phone, and you can see that it's rustling. That's what this looks like. So it looks like, looks and sounds like, he walked in with the phone like in his pocket, And it's jostling around. And then you're going to hear Donald Trump on the phone with someone. They're going to leave. And then he and Cohen are going to talk.
7: Let me know what's happening, okay?
3: Oh. Oh.
7: maybe because of this it would be better if you didn't go you know maybe because of this for that one you know I think what we should do is get rid of this because it's so false what they're saying it's such bullshit Um,
5: I think I think this goes away quickly I think what I think it's probably better do the Charleston thing just this time, uh, yeah. In two weeks, it's fine. I think right now, it's it's better. You know? Okay, honey. You take care of yourself. Thanks, Pam. Yep, I'm proud of you. So long. Bye. What's up,
7: Mike? Great poll, by the way. Yeah. Seen it. Great poll. Making progress. Big time. And you guys are good guys. Yeah. Oh, oh, Pastor Scott? I can't no. Mr. Scott, what's what's happening? Oh no, who no, can we use him anymore? Oh yeah, hundred no, you're talking about Mark Burns. He we've told him well, to I, I don't mean that. Mark Burns, can we use him no, anymore?
4: No. Um, Richard Lefrak, I'm sorry, Richard no. Lefrack just called. He just had me have a chance, he had an idea for you.
7: Okay. okay. Um so we got served from the New York Times, I told you this we were regarding hey, to unseal the divorce papers with Ivana. Um we're fighting it, uh Kasowitz, is going to never be able to get that done. Never, never. They doesn't think they ever be able. They don't have a, legitimate, a, coat, they don't have a legitimate purpose. So have a, a woman that doesn't want to Correct. Right. So Correct. So handling Yes, this. and it's all been going on for, a while. for about two, three weeks now. All you have to do is delay it for. Even after that, it's not going to ever be opened. There's no, there's no purpose for it. Um, told you about Charleston. Um, I need to open up a company. For the transfer of all of that info regarding our friend David, you know, so yeah. that I'm going to do that right away. I've actually come up and spoke and Give I've me. spoken to Alan Weiselberg about how to set the whole thing up uh, with so funding. What are we that, uh, yes, um, and it's all the yeah, stuff, all the stuff. Because you know, you never know where that company, you, you never know, you know where he's know going to be. It, Correct. So I'm I'm all over that. And I spoke to Alan about it when it comes time for the financing, which will be... Listen, some, what financing? We'll have to pay so no, I'll I'll you. No, 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 no. I got... No, no, no. Hey, no, how are you?
3: And it ends. So this isn't obviously all the audio. This is, and this is something to be cautious of. This is just the portion of the audio that Lanny Davis and Michael Cohen decided to leak. To CNN, mm-hmm. to give to CNN, a nice
2: little tease. Yeah,
3: so there's a lot more, but this is the 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 part they were willing to give up.
2: There's also officially more recordings. Yes, yes, yeah. So,
3: and I've heard a lot of people say um, th- that they're they're hearing that the other ones don't really matter and aren't consequential. I don't fucking think that's the case. I think that that he's not going to be taking a bunch of uh, audio. Of them talking about what they had for dinner. There's going to be more that's going to be substantial.
2: Right. So obviously what's happening in this part of the conversation. Is they're discussing um, the payment to Karen McDougal.
3: Yeah. And setting up the company to make that payment.
2: Right. And Donald Trump obviously has denied these affairs. Has denied knowing about payments for these affairs. And so what is significant about this recording. Is that you can clearly hear him. Uh, number one, knowing about the affair <laughs> and number two, talking about payment for yeah, the affair yeah. with his attorney.
3: Cause all the names line up the David Pecker. He's the guy who runs, uh, American media or whatever the, the national Enquirer, And then when, when Cohen talks about financing, I think he's just talking about it kind of colloquially. He means paying. And Donald Trump's like, well, we're not going to finance it. We'll just pay cash.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
3: just going to pay cash.
2: Right. Well, and also, like with the Stormy Daniels situation, uh, Donald Trump said that uh, Cohen paid her without his knowledge, right? That yeah. Cohen took it upon himself right. to pay Stormy Daniels without his knowledge. Well, hearing what you're hearing here, does does that seem likely? Of
3: course, no, of course not. Right. What's so odd about this is think about this timeline, how long we've known about this. This Stormy Daniels thing started happening around January or February of this year. And remember, it was just an abject denial. Now, this is bullshit. This didn't happen. Nope. Never happened. Fake news, fake news. And then it's slowly gotten to this point where it's, you know, just it's it's death by a thousand cuts. It's the proverbial frog in the pot that's just heating and heating and heating until it dies and it never really feels anything because it was such a gradual increase in temperature. But we went from total denial to this very, very slowly.
2: And now Rudy Giuliani is on Fox News tonight saying that, uh, quote, I've dealt with much worse tapes than this.
3: Uh, that doesn't mean that's not bad. It just means that you've dealt with a lot of shit, bad. No,
2: that's how that's how far we're moving the yeah. goalpost. Yeah, is now the tape is out. Oh yeah, but there's worse tapes than this. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> Jeez.
2: Well, I'm I'm sure there there is. I'm sure we will be hearing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And then the other thing, distraction that happened this week was Donald Trump and the Republicans are the the. I don't know who decided to release it. It, I don't know if it was the Justice Department or or kind of from Trump. But they released the FISA warrant application uh, related to Carter Page. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump used it as ammunition saying that, you see, this proves everything we said. It was totally uh, shady the way they did it. And that is just a fucking lie. That's not a way it was at all. It was completely on the up and up. Everything was transparent. Everything was put down on paper.
2: Just to refresh everyone's memory, Carter Page is the former foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump during the 2016 presidential election. Yes. And he was one of those figures where as soon as he started to get into some trouble... They started trying to distance themselves from the role that he had in the campaign. Similar yeah. to similar to Papadopoulos, where they tried to say... He d- made
3: coffee or whatever. Yeah. Yes, he
2: was a coffee boy. Did I say his name correctly, by the way?
3: Papadopoulos, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so, similar with Carter...
3: George Papadopoulos.
2: Yes. Similar to Carter Page, uh, they tried to say, yeah... Whatever he wasn't a big. Well, he first didn't play they a denied it. Here. They
3: denied it, but he sat to watch. Uh, um, Donald Trump sat down with either the New York Times editorial review review board, Jesus, or the Washington Post editorial review board, Jesus, and uh, said, "Yeah, he's a great guy. He's one of my foreign policy advisors." So this next clip deals with both this Carter Carter Page element, but also the fact that now Donald Trump is back on denying that Russia meddled in the election, calling it a big hoax.
2: We want to turn back to Russia, the president raising eyebrows on that one, too, calling it all a big hoax after, of course, that week of head-spinning explanations from the White House. But now, newly released top-secret documents show the FBI surveilled former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page, saying he was the subject of recruitment by the Russian government. Our chief justice correspondent, Pierre Thomas, has more. Pierre, the president's got a lot of tweets already this morning, saying this all is a conspiracy, essentially, to target his campaign, saying this is the basis for a witch hunt.
1: Cecilia, good morning. That's right. We're learning more details about the genesis of the Russia investigation that eventually became the Russia probe. But right now, you're right. The release of these documents has sparked yet another debate involving the president and the Justice Department. This morning, yet another political firestorm surrounding the FBI's release the documents used to obtain surveillance warrants against the former foreign policy advisor for Donald Trump. The FBI surveilled Carter Page during the height of Trump's campaign in 2016, accusing him of being an agent of a foreign power, Russia. But Page told ABC News the FBI's documents do not rise above complete ignorance and or insanity.
4: I've never been an agent of the foreign pol- uh, power in any by any stretch of the imagination. Sunday morning, President Trump chiming in, claiming again without evidence that his campaign
1: was spied on. In one tweet saying, quote, witch hunt, rigged, a scam. and another saying, looking more and more like the Trump campaign for president was illegally spied upon. But later in the day, both Democrats and Republicans suggested that the FBI had good reason to investigate Page. Carter Page had in fact been a target of Russian intelligence in the past, had gone to Russia during the campaign, had meetings with the Russian officials that Page had publicly denied.
6: They did not spy on the campaign from anything and everything that I have seen. Uh, you have an individual here who has openly bragged about his ties to Russia and Russians.
1: Carter Page has never been charged with a crime, but intelligence analysts tell ABC News the point of the surveillance was likely to watch, learn, and discern the Russian government's tactics as opposed to arresting Page and tipping off the FBI's
3: hand. This is is a remarkable thing about both the campaign, the Trump campaign, and the Trump administration. It is chock full of fucking dummies. There's never been a larger gathering of morons to run the government of the United States of America or a presidential campaign. Listen to Carter Page, who seriously should stop doing fucking interviews, because every time he does it, it is an unmitigated, colossal. Disaster.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he, like, doesn't have insight into himself yeah. and can't understand when he's performing terribly. But hopefully someone who knows him and loves him can pull him aside and, <laughs> and let him know that, listen, bro, this is not working out for you. And yeah. you, you you can't hang with J-Tap.
3: You cannot. Well, J-Tap is, uh, is asking him about being a foreign agent. And, and you, listen... <laughs> what what happened what is happening in this clip is so fucking apparent it is obvious it's almost the worst trap that could be set it's like having rather than leaving candy when you want to catch Hansel and Gretel or whatever the fuck the the witch left for them i guess they left the crumbs you see i'm tired uh, jtap is leaving is he's leaving a sign saying follow this trail to get caught in a trap that's what he's doing here (laughs) and the goddamn guy walks
6: right into it the fisa application says quote the fbi believes that carter page has been collaborating and conspiring with the russian government uh there is probable cause that such activities involve or are about to involve violations of the criminal statutes of the united states the document accuses you of being a quote agent of a foreign power
4: were you Jake, this is so ridiculous. It's just beyond words. You know, it's, uh, you're talking about misleading the courts. It's just so, so misleading going through those 400 plus page documents. You know, where do you even begin? It's literally a complete joke, and it only continues. It's just really sad.
6: Well, were you ever an agent of a foreign power? Did you ever advise the Kremlin or work with the Kremlin on anything?
4: Look, Jake, I, uh, no, I've, n- I've never been an agent of the foreign pol- uh, power in a- any st- by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I, I may have, uh, back in the G20 when they were getting ready to do that in St. Petersburg, I might have uh, participated in a-, a few meetings that a lot of people, including people from the Obama administration, were sitting on in Geneva, uh, Paris, etc. But I've never been uh, anywhere near what's being <laughs> described herein.
6: But so you have advised the Kremlin in the past. Uh, That was 2013, that G20 meeting, I believe.
4: Look, it was there were experts from around the world talking about energy issues, and I was one of countless company, uh, you know, myself and a lot of academics and business people who were involved in these various discussion center uh, sessions. But it was nothing.
6: But 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 you did advise the Kremlin. I mean, I'm just I just want to make make it clear, you did advise the Kremlin back in 2013 or 2012, somewhere in there.
4: Jake, that's, it's really spin. I mean, I was I set in on, on some meetings, but, you know, to call me an advisor, I think, is, is way over the, over the top.
6: Except in the 2013 letter you wrote, you, it says, quote, over the past <laughs> half year, I have had the privilege to serve as an informal advisor to the staff of the Kremlin in preparation for the presidency of the G20 summit next month where energy issues will be a prominent point on the agenda. That's August 2013. That's yourself calling yourself an informal advisor to the Kremlin.
4: You know, informal having some conversations with people. I mean, this is really nothing and just an attempt to distract from the real crimes that are shown in this uh, misleading document. That is remarkable. That's two minutes
3: and 20 seconds or so of were you a a representative or an advisor to the Kremlin? Oh, Jake, look, listen, (laughs) Jake, 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 this, oh my, Jake, listen, no, (laughs) I, listen, this is, this is poppycock, sir, oh, Jake, Jake, I mean, goddamn. Yeah. Right, it's an easy, were you, hey, Jesse, were you uh, an advisor to the Kremlin in 2013?
6: No. No, I was not. <laughs> that's how easy it is. Instead, it goes down like this. But the, but but you did advise the Kremlin. I mean, I'm just I just want to make make it clear. You did advise the Kremlin back in 2013 or 2012, somewhere in there.
4: Jake, that's it's really spin. I mean, I <laughs> I was set in on, on some meetings, but you know, to call me an advisor, I think is is way over the over the top.
6: Except in the 2013 letter you wrote that's it says quote over the past half year I have had the privilege to serve as an informal advisor to the staff of the Kremlin. It's spin, uh, spin, Jake, Jake,
3: Jake.
2: Listen, my personal blog is spin, Jake.
6: Jake,
3: now listen. Don't read that. That's, you, that's You're taking that out of context when I say that I was an informal advisor. That's <laughs> Jake, 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 Jake.
2: It's pretty remarkable.
3: Where am I? Is this, am I, am I on TV? What's happening right now?
2: He also said that he just sat in on a few meetings. So he wasn't an informal advisor. He's just buddy-buddy with the Kremlin.
3: Hey, Brittany, have you ever been an advisor, informal or otherwise, to the Kremlin? Jesse. (laughs) I was expecting a yes or no. (laughs) Listen, I'm tired. In fact, let me say this. I'm more tired than Brittany. (laughs) So we're going to end the show there. We're not going to finish with an asshole of today. We're not going to finish with the taking care of biz. I'll tell you what I'm taking care of biz because I'm going to go do some self care. I'm going to take a nap.
2: Okay. That's going to
3: last <laughs> probably 10 hours. You
2: mean like a bedtime nap? Yes. Okay. Um, I want to say that uh, we're going to put some links in the show notes for anonymous who was looking for a therapist. Um, I'm going to link to APA and their guide for finding a therapist as well so that you can use that with whatever I said um, in the beginning. And um, I think that that will be helpful. Oftentimes, you can really start with your doctor, too, um, and ask them for a referral. Or ask family and friends for a referral. Um, Or if you're a student in a university, ask them for a referral um, track down a a university counseling center. Those are really good resources too. I've talked about those on the show um, previously. That's why I didn't necessarily emphasize those, but those are all options. Um, And we really appreciate you guys, everyone, um, writing to us and sharing their stories, um, especially the struggles. And um, we're all in this together. So. We're honored.
3: We, you know, we want to be good custodians of your information, whether it be anonymous or just generally personal. For sure, um, it's
2: very important. It, it, it's it,
3: we really are. It's honor. We we feel we feel a weight and a responsibility to take care and be good stewards of your information and your your stories. Mm-hmm. So thank you for confiding in us, both Brittany and I personally, but then also the the audience at large. We greatly appreciate it. And I think and I hope that the audience um, feels the same way. 100%. All
2: right. I feel that stronger than you do. There's
3: not but... a fucking chance you feel stronger than me. <laughs> Anything else? No. I'm going to get the last word I know. Here, so. I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm seeing that. Last word guy over here.
3: All right, everybody. We love you. We're going to leave you there. Listen, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email those voice memos from your smartphone to it at com. Help support the show. Help support the work we do by produce helping us produce the show. Um, we're doing two episodes a week, three episodes a week, alternating. Um, it's a lot of work. I'm not whining, but it would be spectacular to have you on board Helping us do what we do as often as we do. We would love to have you go to dolomore.comslash Patreon and become a monthly supporter of the show. It would just be great. We'll talk about it next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been The Most Tired Guy in the Room with I Done.